the Buckeyes have high expectations going into the upcoming college football season. How do you think Ryan Day is handling them? You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, May 31st in the year 2022, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. On today's episode, we will discuss possible rule changes to help speed up the game and Chris Holtman's expectations for the freshmen on the basketball team. But first, the hype train, the bandwagon, whatever you want to describe what is moving ahead very quickly and building going to the Ohio State football season, it's getting bigger and bigger every single day. Different publications will come out with their preseason rankings or even coach rankings going into the upcoming season. Ryan Day is going to be up there, and the team is loaded with talent, and everybody believes this could be a big year for the Ohio State football team. When you're a head coach of a team that is filled with 18 to 23, 24, and maybe even 25-year-old young men, it's going to be hard to rile them down and keep them composed going into not only the Notre Dame game as a season opener, but also the other games throughout the season. Some games are against lesser opponents where Ohio State should be able to roll right through them. We saw what happened last year against Tulsa. Sometimes the games you think that should be easy, they're not as easy as you think. And Ryan Day has a tough task. Rallying this team, keeping them composed, and allowing them or helping them to not buy into the hype. Yes, it's going to be easy to. People like myself and different podcasts out there, shows out there, writers out there, will help build things up about this team. And it's right to do so. I mean, this team's going to be loaded with talent on defense. I think we're going to be we're going to see some bright spots and we're going to see some players that maybe we did not expect to show up and show out, do that very thing on the football field. And that is going to make Ryan Day's job harder than it may have been because the expectations are going to be really, really high for Ryan Day in the preseason and then going into the upcoming season opener and the rest of the games. What is Ryan Day's thoughts or what is Ryan Day thinking about the hype and building into it? Well, he was recently on 97 the fan, and I'm going to read a quote Something that he said on the radio show is going to give us a great picture about how Ryan Day is approaching the upcoming season. Quote, especially in the preseason, the last thing we want to see is ourselves at the top of anything because you have to come in and want to prove yourself every day. And if you don't have the mentality that you're going to prove yourself on the field every single week with the competitive stamina, it doesn't work. And so these guys are still 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old guys who are still figuring out the game. Now, I think as you get to midseason and towards the end of the season, I think maybe some more of those analytics come into play. Recently, SP Plus, an ESPN analytic website in uh, uh, configuration, put Ohio State as the number one team in the country. Yeah, Ohio State's talented. But Ryan Day understands, and I think that a good coach will understand. You can't buy into everything you see out there. You can believe it. Like Ryan Day knows that the team's going to be team should be good. 
I think C.J. Stroud knows the offense should be better than it was last year, more balanced. I believe Jim Knowles realizes that there's talent at all three levels that should help the defense be better than it was last year. I believe also Jim Knowles knows that the talent on the team is better this year than it was last year. I think I think that these coaches don't understand all of that. But if you know about the things and you buy into everything you hear and everything you read, man, it affects you. It affects your mentals. It affects you like crazy. Think about yourself. I know myself. When people say good things about me, even good things about the podcast, um, I sometimes don't know how to respond. Just being completely honest with you. I don't want my head to get puffed up. I don't want to get a big head. I don't want to let all the good things people say uh, factor into how I make decisions. So I personally try not to do that. But, buddy, it's hard, man. I'm just going to be I'm honest with you. We're, we're human. It is hard, really, really hard to keep a level head all the time. And I am not 18, 19, 20. I'm not in that age range. I'm, I'm long past those years. So I completely understand how it is right now. We're in my own stage of life. But think about one thing when you were in college. Think about how it was when you were that age. And think about how it is when you are getting hyped up by people for things you're doing. May it be straight A's. May it be um, things you're doing on, in sports. Maybe basketball, football, baseball, hockey, soccer, track and field, whatever sports you're doing. Think about how your head got puffed up. Think about how your head got big. Think about how maybe you had a competition, you had a race, you're in the 100-meter dash, and all of a sudden your opponent, you knew in this track meet, you knew you were the fastest person there. And so you knew like uh, in the prelims, you, you knew like you would not have to uh, run hard in the prelims because like you wanted to save yourself for the finals. You got to the finals. You're like, man, I got this in the bag. You all of a sudden accidentally have a bad start. You pick it up during the middle. Then all of a sudden you don't finish as strong as you normally do. And as you know, you should. And you lose that race. That could easily happen to this team. Week number one against Notre Dame, you come in, you believe the hype, you don't prepare like Ryan Day talked about, the next thing you know, loss. Okay, cool, you're going to pick it up in the middle, pick things up, the next thing you know, get to the playoff, a loss. Why? Because your mentality was not proper in the beginning, you try to pick things up toward the end, but it's a long season, next thing you know, buddy, you're out of here. And that could easily happen. And Ryan Day understands you have to keep a level head. You got to keep it coming in and working. You have, to, you have to come in and work every day. And if you don't have the mentality that you want to come in and prove yourself every day, like regardless of the hype, this isn't, this isn't a place for you. Like, sorry, buddy. Like, if this was not the hype that you have right now going into the season and you did not have the mentality that you're going to come in and prove yourself and get better every day, Ohio State is not the program for you. Sorry, there's other schools out there that will let you come in and not prove yourself. But this is not the program for you or the team you need to be on because the standard needs to be kept high. And keeping the standard high will also be Ryan Day making sure things are level-headed and players do their best to not buy into the hype. I love what Ryan Day is doing. I love how he's leading this team. And I personally believe that Ryan Day is going to do a phenomenal job getting this team prepared for Notre Dame and the rest of the games throughout this season. Also, one thing that I love about college football, especially Ryan Day and other coaches there, is that people are constantly looking about how to speed up the game. Well, coming up, ne coming up next, we'll discuss a couple things that are happening in real time that you might love that might speed up the game in college football. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. 
Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your fine podcast. The speed of the game in college football continues to be an issue. The speed of the game as we watch it, as we enjoy it on TV, the length of the game continues to be an issue. I remember I talked about this a while ago about how I went to uh, Indiana, Ohio State football game in 2015. I believe it was my first regular season Ohio State football game. And down the road, I got a question on the YouTube about how I became an Ohio State football fan while living in Indiana. That's something I will discuss later in the month of June. As I will be filtering in more of your listener questions. If you have any, leave them in the YouTube comment. YouTube chat, I will gladly uh, pull some of them for future uh, topics here on the podcast. But I was at the Indiana-Ohio State game in 2015, and it was me, my dad, was a family thing. We always used to go to Ohio State games, and uh, it was easy to get my mom to go as she's an IU grad. And so um, went to the game, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, cool. The game starts at 3.30. We'll be out of here 7 at the latest. I literally did this in my head leading up to the game. So be out here at 7 at the latest. The game was four hours long. It was over at 7.30. And I'm sitting here thinking, why is the game taking so long? And then I go back, because I didn't really think about it at the time prior to that. I go back and look at every game last about three and a half, four hours. It's ridiculous. Now, I've talked about this previously on the show before, but there were some fundamental things that I believe college football can do to change some things. And there was a committee, there are various committees right now that are addressing this very topic during the spring and the summer about how we can speed up the game. Think about the number of plays that players are playing that are happening in every game. Think about how many first downs teams are having in every single game. Think about the implementation of a longer playoff. Think about how that's going to be more wear and tear on the young person's body. It's just crazy to think about. And when you think about it, there are three things these committees are thinking about right now. And I think they're they're wise. I think one of them is self-explanatory. But I think everything they're thinking about right now is wise. One, why should the games be faster? Why should they change some rules to speed up the game? How can this be done? Another well thought out and easy question to ask. And it's easy to answer as well. Number three, 
Can this be achieved while maintaining the uniqueness that has long separated the college game from the style of play in the NFL? And here's where things get interesting, because I know the style of play in college will always be different than the NFL. There will be some things that are intertwined and interlocked. But the NFL game is different than college, and I think with the spread offense and the different ways that college coaches are more innovative innovative in how they call plays, that's going to happen. How can this be done? Well, they have a couple ways that it can be done. Start the clock after a first down. Right now, the clock stops at a first down, and I believe it doesn't start again until the ball is snapped, so you're losing a lot of time right there. Or don't stop the clock for a first my, – my option was just don't stop the clock for a first down. I know you don't want to intertwine the NFL and college games, but just don't stop the clock for a first down. Don't do it. You're going to speed things up. You're not going to have the same number of plays. The clock's going to keep running, and the play and the smoothness of the play is going to be a whole lot better, and TV broadcasts will easily adjust to that move. Start the watch after an incomplete pass. Now, I – that's another one right there where you can do that and it will quickly and easily change some things. I have been a proponent and a pusher of not stopping the clock after a first down for a while. I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now about how the game just takes too long. Now, Grant, you may say, Jay, the coaches, um, you had Chip Kelly and you had other coaches out there that are getting plays in very quickly. Okay, great. That's their job once again. You must, you must, you must adjust to the times. I understand you do not want to change things so that they don't become just like the NFL. There's a distinction, a distinct difference between the two levels. College basketball changed their shot clock from 35 to 30 seconds. Now, you may want to say, Jay, why would they do that? Because 35 seconds is way too long with the pace of play and the way that the players play right now in college basketball. So moving it to 30 seconds is great. The NBA at one time had a 10-second um, backcourt violation. Right now it's eight seconds. Why? Because the pace of play and how players play, they said, hey, why 10 seconds? Let's speed this bad boy up. The NBA also recently, this is a couple years now, maybe longer than that, said, hey, we're going to do a go to a 14-second shot clock if you get a rebound. So if you, if you shoot the ball, get a rebound in that same possession, you the shot clock is not reset to 24 seconds. It goes to 14 seconds. Speeds up the game. Makes the game go faster. It's better for you. It's better for the players. Makes sense, doesn't it? Things adjust with the times. So why do you think college football does not want to adjust with the times? I think they do. I just think the people that are in charge are never on the same page in college football. And so, therefore, with them not being on the same page, what do we get? A hot mess. And it seems to be a hot mess right now in college football. And I don't think that's going to change. Well, not only a hot mess. Not as bad as people think. I think it's bad, but not as bad as people think. If you look at the country, there are people that think that the country is a hot mess or disaster. They want to leave, leave the U.S. of A. And there are people out there that think, well, the country is not as bad as it is. And I'd rather live in the United States of America than move to a country like Canada or Mexico or um, Brazil or a country in Europe or Africa. I'd rather be here than other places. There are two different sides of the story. And it's the same way here. Speeding up the game. Chip Kelly found a way to do this in the confines of the rules. I believe the game can speed up 
as those who in, are in charge in charge. Now, this is interesting because I say those who are in charge in charge in charge. Those who are in charge, there are different committees voting on this. There are conferences that are voting and doing things. Then there are also various committees, and I say various because. The rules committee is going to do things, and then the conferences have their own officials, and so they're going to be discussing things. So I really wonder when the when the adults in the room get together. We all know how that is when they get together, but I wonder how the adults in the room, how it, when they get together, I wonder if they will come to a conclusion when it comes to speeding up the game. I know how many people are when it comes to time management, and especially when they have kids. Man, a three-and-a-half, four-hour game is a long time. We're about to have a lot of people complain over the social media, especially Twitter, about how late these NBA Finals games are. The NBA does a good job of prepping us for how the times will be for the starts of the NBA Finals games. I still think starting at 9 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast is too late. You can do it 8.15 uh, 8.30 would be better. 8 o'clock would be ideal. But then you have to realize people on the West Coast, especially with the the Warriors being in the finals, yeah, if you want to get off work at, yeah, getting off, the game starts at 5, and you get off at 5, well, sorry for you. I get it. I understand it. The NBA has their issues. They prep you for it. I do think, though, college football, this is a move that needs to happen right now to better the game and to keep player health and safety at the top, at the top of what the people who are in charge Think about when they make rules to make the game better. Speaking of making the game better, Chris Holtman believes that he has done some things with the roster to make the team, the Ohio State basketball team, better and to have better talent on it based off how things ended the season. But what are his expectations for the freshmen on the team as our five incoming true freshmen? Stick around to find out. Chris Holtman had a tough tough task at the end of the year as i went over looked at the basketball roster and went over who left who transferred who well who stuck around there aren't many players that got significant playing time last year that are still on the team michi johnson hit the transfer portal jimmy sotos is gone via graduation cedric cedric russell graduated eugene brown stuck around he got a lot of play. He got some playing time last year. Justin Arns transferred. Justin Suing is still here, but he didn't play. I think he only played one game. Malachi Branham, one and done. Zed Key played. Kalen Edsler redshirted. Kyle Young graduated. Seth Towns is still here, but didn't play last year. Liddell to the NBA draft. Joey Brunk graduated. Jeremiah Wheeler, NBA draft. Harrison Hoofkin graduated. Also, I don't believe he was under scholarship either, so that name might not be something many of you recognize. But I went through every name on purpose because now you see Zed Key and Eugene Brown are the only people returning that got significant playing time. You also had two guys that are really talented, Seth Towns and Justice Suing. Suing only played one game. Seth Towns didn't play any. Injuries really messed up what their plans were for last season. And Chris Holman has five freshmen, five talented freshmen, according to the, according to 247 Sports, their composite rankings. Four of the five incoming freshmen are top 60 recruits. Roddy Gale, number 40. Bruce Thornton, number 42. Bryce Sensible, number 59. 
And then Felix Acapera, number 56. The only one outside of the in the group of five that's not in the top 60 uh, via 247 Sports, their composite rankings, is Bowen Hardman. He is a three-star recruit. All three of these gentlemen are really, really talented, but what are Chris Holtman's expectations about this team? Is he excited? Is he nervous? What is Chris Holtman currently thinking about this basketball team? Well, here's what he had to say recently via the Buckeye Show on 97.1 The Fan. Quote, I think we're really excited about this class. We're excited about the future. We're excited about what we feel like this young group can be in just the coming years. We really are. I think when you have four guys that are in the top 60 in the country that all play kind of a different position and meet real needs for us, it's exciting to be able to work with guys that we believe have really, really bright futures in Buckeye uniforms. It's amazing. It's amazing. In quote, excuse me. It's amazing that Chris Holtman, one, like many other coaches, keep tabs of what's going on via the recruiting rankings. A lot of people use 247 Sports and their composite rankings to get a great consensus about what the players are going to do. But then also, he understands he should be. And it's, he's not going to shy away from how excited he is about this team. But then he goes further to discuss the expectations for some of these players, one of them being Felix Ocpera. Quote, certainly all four will play. Felix, our big kid's going to need some time. He's 6'11 with a 7'3 wingspan. But he's only about 215 right now. So he's going to need some time to grow, but he's going to play. All four of these guys are going to play. And now it's our job. I think we have a phenomenal player development program, and I think we've got to continue to do that, end quote. Okay. <laughs> I got to break some things down here really quickly. Felix Ocpera, 215. Okay, great. I've been saying he's 6'11, 210 for quite a long time. Higher than the, now he's five, five pounds. Maybe, maybe I was off for a game, five pounds. Great. That young man to me looks like a toothpick. Now, not so bad as Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, formerly of Gonzaga, who will be a top three pick, projected to be a top three pick in the upcoming NBA draft. But I do believe Felix Ocpera has to put on some weight. I don't know how much, but I believe he has to put on some weight. But as Chris Holtman makes this comment and says, I think we have a phenomenal player development program. I think we have to continue to, to do that. Some of you might disagree with that statement because you have seen the player development at Ohio State, and, well, you may not have liked it. I will say Dwayne Washington Jr. has gotten a lot better than when he first came into Ohio State. Undrafted free agent in the NBA has now got a solid contract on the Indiana Pacers. EJ Liddell, we saw, we saw his progression, and we saw the quick progression of Malachi Branham in Columbus. So whatever your thoughts are with the player development, Chris Holtman believes in it. That's the first thing you need your coach to do is to believe in it. I personally think that it could get better, uh, drastically better, I, a lot better. I think it will get better. I think these young men are going to help Chris Holtman be the best coach he could be as far as developing players to play at Ohio State. Bruce Thornton is going to play because as I have looked, looked at the roster, the backup points guard is uh, behind Isaac Likely is going to be Bruce Thornton. You might have Sean McNeil, the West Virginia transfer, be more of a point guard role, but I still think that that backup point guard is going to be Bruce Thornton. That's who he was brought in to be as a point guard at Ohio State. When you look at the two-guard spot, you have Roddy Gale, who could be there. Bowen Hardman can be there. Hardman could be the three as well. Uh, Tanner Holden, Sean McNeil can play the two. I think Tanner Holden's going to start, but then if Sean McNeil is backing up 
the point guard position, then Roddy Gale is probably going to be that guy to be the backup too. So once again, you're going to see it, especially with Chris Holman liking to play a lot of guys, too many at times, you're going to see a lot of these freshmen play out of necessity. Who's another one? Bryce Sensiball. Now at the four, you may put Justice Suing or you may put Seth Towns, but if Suing is at the three roster placement just now, and I know there's positionless basketball, but roster placement and where guys play on the court, Sensiball is going to have to play. Look at the center position. Zed Key's a starting center. There is nobody else I see on this roster being at that forward slash center position. So Felix Ahakpera has to play. So it's not just Chris Holman is expecting them to play just to push them. There is a desperate need for these young men to play. So his expectations, Chris Holman, for these guys and them playing and being excited, that's great. But for my expectations, these guys have to play. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. They have to play. Now, will Bowen Hardman play as much as others? Will he, will he redshirt on transfer? That's to be determined. More so of a redshirt like Kalen Etzler did last year. That's to be determined. However, whatever happens, these guys are expected to play by their head coach. I expect them to play. And I do think Chris Holman brought a good crop of players and talent into Columbus because these guys are talented, man. They're really, really talented. And I cannot wait to see what they do in the upcoming college basketball season. Guys, it's Tuesday, the last day in the month of May. June is tomorrow. Recruiting camping season is upon us. Tomorrow, we will have John Garcia Jr. The plan is to have John Garcia Jr. back with us later this week to discuss the upcoming recruiting camp season, what to expect, and a couple more recruits that Ohio State currently has their eyes on, and they have their eyes on Ohio State as well. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first to listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin Give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Locked on NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your fine podcasts.